Hey everyone, my name is Michaela and I'm a high school senior. I'm 17 years old. This podcast is a senior project initiative to engage teenagers into the practice of mindfulness and to help alleviate the effects of depression or anxiety. So if you or someone you know may suffer from either of these conditions or others, I encourage you to give this podcast a chance. You are my target audience. Mindfulness in simplest terms is having the ability to be fully present and aware of what you're doing and where you are. So this implies having a calm resolve when noticing and acknowledging things in or around you. I understand that this topic is not very often talked about in our age group, so this is an effort and an experiment to engage kids like us into this practice. So some background about me, I myself struggled with severe anxiety and some acute depression about three years ago during my time living in a local hospital. I had appendicitis, so my appendix ruptured and it was a really long, ugly process of me slowly getting more and more sick. But it also led to the discovery of my irritable bowel syndrome, which, in other words, is is having a sensitive stomach. Not nearly as bad as having some sort of cancer or fatal condition, but irritable bowel syndrome, IBS, is a chronic condition that lasts a lifetime, and I genetically inherited it, um, so it stuck with me. But that's okay. I... I'm on a medication to treat it along with my arthritis, which was also also genetically inherited, um, but I still do need to watch what I eat. So being in the hospital for so long, which was a little bit over a month, um, was very traumatic and not because of the IBS, but because of the appendicitis, because the entire time up until a certain point, um, no one... No one could put the pieces together about what my condition was. I was showing the symptoms. I guess it flew over the doctor's heads. But I gradually became more and more sick. It started with a really low-grade fever, but it lasted for several weeks up until my hospitalization. Um, And then I started excreting blood clots, which I hate talking about that because it's so gross but um that was that was the lowest point was when I had way too much blood loss and yeah but luckily luckily I had two blood transfusions to combat that and I was back on my feet recovering they removed the ruptured appendix I got to get a little look at it it was it's really small um Uh, but anyway, so I recovered from that, and anyway, back to what I was saying, being in the hospital for so long, for that long of time, with, um, the unknown looming, I don't, I didn't know what was going to happen to me, there wasn't any results that were coming in about what my condition was, so I, I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but during my time there, I learned about mindfulness through both my mom and my aunt, they're both two peas in a pod, so we're on the same page when they started talking to me about it. 
and <clears throat> I don't know if any of my audience knows about the app called Calm, um, but it's a meditation mindfulness app like many others, but this was the one I was introduced to, and I would open it up and kind of just do some breathing exercises. I found that shutting the blinds and the lights off in my in my room would help a lot with keeping out the distractions and paying attention to my breathing was actually way more useful than um, being distracted by other things. It helped with stress relief. Whenever I was overwhelmed with something, I would go practice some mindfulness, do some breathing. Whenever I felt a lot of pain, I would shut everything out and I would focus on my breathing. Honestly, sometimes living breath by breath, just not thinking about anything else and only worrying about the moment, it helps a lot to get through things. Um, and that's my opinion. That's from my experience. Take it how you wish. Um, anyway, another thing that my mom and my aunt showed me was this um, documentary called Walk With Me. It was released in 2017. It's about the Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh. He was a Nobel Prize winner and he's a huge figure for mindfulness and meditation. Um, and and the, the documentary itself was about his life on being in the monastery and it's not something you know it's not the typical type of movie that you see in the theater so i gave it a chance um something fresh something new and it gave me a, a new perspective about life and how i was living in the hospital i think it was humbling to see how monks live in the monastery um, because us out here in the, in the big cities or in the, in, out in the country, we worry about totally different things than a monk does. They, they don't, they don't have the same values. They don't worry about things the same way. And they've let go of their previous way of life. And it was interesting getting to compare that to my own life in the hospital because I couldn't leave the floor or the room really I was in. I couldn't visit people. Not many people visited me. Um, and that was, that was pretty rough. But anyway, th this documentary walk with me, it changed my perspective and it was very refreshing. Mindfulness helped me through that long period. Um, and later on in the summer after I recovered, I went to a mindfulness retreat in Kalamazoo for five to six days. It was an overnight camp. I heard about it from my school counselor. And after watching that documentary and practicing some breathing exercises myself, I wanted to take it another step and explore what people do at these retreats. So I went and it was very different to say the least. For those of you who don't know what a mindfulness retreat is, because I haven't even said that yet, um, it's when people sign up to stay and live at an institute somewhere, usually rented out, and they come together every day to practice different meditations and practices. So we did a lot of group meditations, we did some walking meditations every day, 
we did some workshops that were somewhat related to mindfulness, but not always because you can't just sit on your butt all day and practice on your breathing, you know. As fun as that may be to someone, that's not always the most fun thing. So um, we did a lot of fun stuff while we were there, but they also separated the kids into age groups. So every day after lunch, we would go into our basically help groups and we would do activities all together. And that was a time when we did a lot of self-reflection as a group. And I started to think a lot more about my life and what I had going for me and started to think about my relationships with my parents, with my other family, with my friends. It was it was very hard, I think, to to come to terms with the, the negative stuff that I identified in my life while also looking at these other kids that were in my group that had rougher lives than I did. Um, rougher relationships, different upbringings. It was good and bad. And unfortunately, for a long time after that retreat, I, I looked at it in a, in a bad light because I resented the fact that I had to come to terms with the negative things that were in my life. But over time, it's been, what, two years, two and a half years since then, I, I've been able to come to terms with it and recognize, wow, I wouldn't take that back because I got to confront my demons through mindfulness. So that was really cool. And I would recommend it. But if someone who has a lot of emotional baggage goes to a retreat like that, it's going to be rough. And that's okay. I think there's a lot of regulars that I met at that retreat who do multiple ones a year. And they are way more self-reflective than I am. I think out of all the people I'm, I'm close to, I'm very self-reflective. But the people that I met at that retreat, especially the counselors, they do this thing all the time. They know themselves like the back of their hand. So gradually, hypothetically, if I'd have gone to another retreat, another one, another one, it would get less hard and I would start seeing a lot more things and I would enjoy it a bit more. And that's okay. I still, I mean, I haven't gone back to any of those retreats yet. And, but anyway, staying there for that short period of time was purposefully isolating and forced me to confront those demons and it was good and it was bad in the respect that I couldn't ignore my demons and my my negative attributes and the negative situations in my life that I was I was trying to cope with it was good and bad in the respect that I had to confront those things but I still see the incredible value that that had because a lot of people in life bury themselves in work, in filling their schedules, filling their time, but never focusing on themselves, never finding time to do self-care and focus on themselves. So it was incredibly valuable and I haven't had to go back. I haven't felt the need to go back to another retreat since because it opened a new door for me in 
in teaching me that I need to take more care of myself. And after my mom picked me up from that retreat on the last day, we grabbed my stuff. We headed straight to the car after I said all my goodbyes. And I hadn't taken two steps off the property before I started crying because I think seeing seeing my mom after that long in a in a strange new place was really rocking for me and immediately after I we were leaving I became grateful of all the very nice people I met and the loving approach that all these counselors were taking to um helping us and being there for us while we were discovering parts of ourselves we didn't see before. So it was it was really overwhelming to step off the property. Finally feeling like like I'm not alone anymore because although I know I know I wasn't very I wasn't alone. It was those moments when I was in my dorm and not being able to pick up my phone and call my mom or dad not being able to text someone and tell them how I'm feeling. It was very hard to adjust to and also something I've never I've never had to deal with before. So it was just overwhelming to be free while also taking what I learned with me. And on our way home, um, it was midsummer, really hot, really bright outside. It was very overwhelming in my senses to be in the car and suddenly hearing all these loud noises. The wind hitting the car, my mom talking next to my ear, her phone ringing, people yelling outside. There was a lot more things going on than there was at that retreat. So I got a raging headache and I had to take Tylenol and I was just kind of like in an emotional and overwhelmed state. Um, and again, that, that's okay. That was me. That was me letting it all out finally. But yeah, basically, moral of the story, the retreat was kind of like my own personal hell, but at the same time, a very good, rare, safe place to be emotionally and physically. But I also, I learned a lot from that safe place. And that's the value that I've recognized now. So I'm not an expert on mindfulness. I'm a student. I'm a scholar. I want to learn about this stuff over time, and I want to use it for myself. But I also, most importantly, want to share these new things I'm learning about mindfulness with you guys, because if I can recognize the value in something seemingly not interesting, I'm sure someone else out there will. And... I'm very excited to see the outcome. So I'll be having a few people on here in the next upcoming few episodes to sit down with me and discuss um, some challenges that teenagers face in our everyday lives. But we're going to be giving you mindful advice and techniques about how to do better for yourself and how to do better with your habits. So this podcast is here to be a resource for anyone who needs it. We're here for you. We're all in the same boat, and that's growing up. That's learning as we live. 
And I should also say, the research I have done has shown that severely depressed people or severely anxious people do not respond the same way to mindfulness as a moderately stressed or moderately depressed person. So if you are one of the few or many who who struggle a lot more with depression or anxiety, this podcast may not be the same cup of tea for you as it is for someone who is less anxious or depressed, and that's okay. If this is the case, I encourage you to get some professional help. Use all the resources there are. Again, this podcast is a resource for anyone who sees the value in it, and I hope the insights that myself and my future guests talk about will be useful. So thank you for listening in. I hope you enjoy this podcast.